0: You are listening to Dr. P's Daily Time Machine, Episode 9, The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat. Hello and welcome. For the next four days on the Time Machine, we're going to do something a little different. After a lot of positive feedback on the nightly serial Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, I have decided to pick another serial for this week. I Love a Mystery, created by Carlton Morse, is considered by many to be the greatest adventure serial of all time and ran on and off from 1939 to 1952. A major difference between the two is while Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar ran in five episode blocks, basically like one hour of total content, I Love a Mystery had a variety of lengths. In this particular tale, it will stretch over 20 total episodes which I have carefully edited down to four, one, hour-ish, long episodes. When I was just ten, in the year 2003, my dad showed me a website called Are You Sitting Comfortably? After browsing and browsing for hours, I finally found this show, I Love a Mystery, in this particular series of episodes. This was the very first old-time radio show that I had ever listened to and sparked a lifetime love for the genre. Are You Sitting Comfortably is still online by the way, so shout out Ned Norris, the owner of the site, for hosting OTR for more than 20 years now. Not a sponsor. The great tragedy of many of the radio dramas written by Carlton Morse have been lost to time. Currently, only two complete series, The Thing That Cries in the Night and Barrier Dead Arizona, have been found. Today's series, Fear That Creeps Like a Cat, the precursor to The Thing That Cries in the Night, are all recreations by OTR historian Jim Harmon, who knew Carlton Morse in the 60s. The fact about this remake, though, is that if I hadn't told you it was a remake, you may have never known. The real question remains, though, where did all the recordings of I Love a Mystery go? Even Carlton Morse himself has no idea. Someone has to have the original electrical transcription discs. And there are several theories, from a hoarding millionaire, to simply laying around, unrecognized. So join me on a 20-part story with our main characters Jack Packard, Doc Long, and Reggie York, who travel the world in search of action and adventure. Although there may be a reference or two to a previous episode or caper early on, the show quickly settles in into its own self-contained story. I'm sure you'll be instantly hooked by the engaging personalities of the characters just like I was back in 2003. So sit back, relax, and turn back the clock to what would have been 72 years ago on October 3rd, 1949, and I Love a Mystery's The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat.
1: I love a mystery. A Carlton E. Morse audio novel featuring Jack, Doc, and Reggie specialist in crime and adventure. Now following the Northwest Trail of a missing millionaire, a killer cougar, and the Phantom Castle. This is Fred Foy introducing Jim Harmon's presentation of Les Tremaine and Tony Clay in an original Carlton Morse thriller, The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat. Five o'clock in the evening in a Seattle hotel somewhere on the edge of Lake Union. The three comrades, Jack, Doc, and Reggie, are at the jumping-off place in their new adventure. The new adventure consisting of a manhunt with a million dollars at stake. They have been assigned by a big insurance company to bring back alive Alexander Archer, declared legally dead by order of the court. The court says he's dead. The insurance company says he's alive. And the three comrades have been assigned to the task of proving the insurance company right. The trio arrived in Seattle an hour ago by Stratoliner and registered at their hotel less than 20 minutes ago.
2: Well, I'll tell you, Ombres, one thing. We're working for the right people. Look at the size of this room. You could swing a hyponocerist by the tail in here. Hey, Jack, you're sure this is a hotel we was told to come to? This is it. Well, doggone, if it's going to be like this, I hope our manhunt don't go no further than right here in Seattle. Not a chance. What you mean, not a chance? This afternoon, or tomorrow morning, we get a telegram from the insurance company in New York. And we're on our way. On our way where? Into the wilds of the Pacific Northwest. Is that all the information we got? Until the telegram arrives. I say, Doc, look here. We're right over Lake Union. We are? Well, I'll be doggone. Jack, we're on the second story right here over the lake. How about you two getting changed? Changed? Well, you can't go down to dinner here looking like that. Is the victuals we eat on the company, too? Oh, by all means, Doc. Well, son, just watch me do some expensive eating. Say, that insurance company don't care how it spends its money, does it? It'll be worth it to them if we bring Alexander Archer back alive. Yeah. Imagine them giving one man a million dollars worth of insurance money. Well, it was all right when they did it. Archer was one of the most substantial men in New York. Then last year, he lost his pants in a series of financial disasters. Yeah, I know that. And I still say a million smackers is a lot to put on one man. If I had. Hey, company. I'll get it. Oh, please. I'm sorry. Hey, don't be sorry. Come on in. How dare you? Well, doggone it. What you go rapping on people's doors for if you don't want to come
3: in? What is it,
4: Doc?
2: A babe and a honey, what I mean.
3: You're insulting. I made a mistake.
2: Oh, no, you didn't.
3: No. No. Come on in here. Help. Help. (sighs) There. You let go of me.
2: Look at what I got me, Jack. You fellas can fish for your own. Doc, are you crazy? Well, look at her and ask me that again. But I say, grabbing girls out of the hole.
3: What kind of gorilla have you got here anyway?
2: What's it all about anyway?
3: I came to your door by mistake, and this, this...
2: Sippy cat's a good word, sugar. Doc.
3: If you'll please open that door. Oh,
2: no, you don't. Doc, behave yourself, will you? Quite. This is no time for romance. Romance, my grandma. This little old she-girl is carrying a shooting pistol. That's
3: not true. Look
2: at the shape and sag of her coat pocket and tell me if it's true or not, Jack. Why did you come to our door with a gun?
3: I tell you, it was a mistake.
2: You should ought to be ashamed of yourself. Nice girl like you carrying pistols and telling
3: lies. You let me out of here. Who are you? When the management of this hotel hears about this... Never I...
2: mind the management. Who are you?
3: Three men kidnapping a girl. Get her, Reggie. Rachel. No, no. Let go of me. Get the gun, Doc. If you don't let me go, I'll scream.
2: Scream and we'll gag you. Got it, son. Anything else in her pocket?
3: No. Let me alone. Yeah,
2: here's a handful of junk. All right. Let her go, Reggie.
3: You'll be sorry for this.
2: Sit down. Oh. See that she stays down, Reggie. I want to see what Doc's got here.
3: Three great, big, brave men. Nevertheless,
2: you heard what Jack said. Nothing but a lot of female junk. Powder puff wrapped up in a hanky. Lipstick. Bunch of keys. Compact. Here. Let me see that. Compact? Yes. Help! Help! That's it. Keep your hand over her mouth, Reggie. Quite. Now sit there and act like a lady. Find anything, Jack? Yes. Look at this. Telegram. Telegram? What's it say? From New York to Linda Joyce. It says... Packard, Long, and York arriving Seattle today. We'll register at Crawford Arms Hotel. Stop the sign, Nick. Well, what you know. But I say, Jack, no one was supposed to know about us arriving
5: in Seattle.
2: Apparently everyone knows about it. Take your hand away from her mouth. Righto. You're Linda Joyce, I suppose.
3: Supposing I am.
2: How did this Nick person in New York know we were arriving in Seattle?
3: How do I know?
2: Why does he want us stuck? Yeah, and what's he mean, stop?
3: When the police hear about you kidnapping and manhandling me, I think you'll be stopped plenty.
2: This will never get to the police, and you know it.
3: You think not?
2: I know it won't. Who are you spotting for?
3: I don't know what you mean.
2: Oh, yes, you do. You came to our door to be sure we'd arrived and to get a look at us.
3: That's not true.
2: I think it is. I also think you felt pretty certain you'd get away with that gag about coming to the wrong door. Otherwise, you'd not be carrying this telegram around with you. Was it very smart of you, sugar?
3: Smart guys.
2: Figure everything out. I say, Jack, there's one thing I don't like. What's that, Reggie? I don't like the way she's taking it. We've caught her with the goods, and yet she doesn't seem a bit worried. Yeah, What's that mean, she thinks so? of... There's your answer. Yeah, more the same kind of company. Reggie, keep her in that chair. Put your hand over her mouth. <laughs> Doc, get behind the door as I open it. You betcha. you. Yes, I'm coming. Are you ready? Here goes.
5: Good evening, sir. What do you want? Uh You're Mr. Packard, aren't you? Yes. Uh, may I come in for a moment? <laughs> Why not? Thank you.
2: Okay, you're in.
5: What do you want? So, uh my daughter is in here. Your daughter? That's right. Uh, By the way, would you mind having that young man standing behind me remove himself? I'm doing okay, Grandpa. Yes, but it makes me nervous to have someone behind me.
2: Frisk him, Doc.
5: You bet. Hold still, mister.
2: Pretty desperate treatment, isn't it, gentlemen? Nothing bigger than a pocket knife on him, Jack. All right, but keep an eye on him. Now then, who are you?
5: What's your business? I want you to release my daughter, naturally. Oh, you do? Yes. Would you mind having that young man take his hand away from my daughter's mouth? First, what's your name? I'm Richard Cooper. Cooper. This girl's name is Linda Joyce. Linda Joyce? Oh, you must be mistaken. The heck we are.
2: What is her name, then?
5: Laura Cooper. Please have that young man release her. All right, Reggie.
3: Quite. Oh, thank goodness you came, Father. Laura, how many
5: times have I told you to keep away from strange men?
3: But it was a mistake. I came to the wrong door.
5: I'm afraid you're a very naughty girl, Laura.
3: That's it? You always think the worst of me?
5: Past experience, my dear. Past experience. Now, if you gentlemen will allow me, I'll take her back to her room. I assure you, she won't annoy you again.
2: You promised that.
5: Indeed, I do.
2: Well, you better keep an eye on her. Doc's gone
5: for her in a big way, and I won't be responsible. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I've had so much trouble with this girl. Come along, my dear. Yes, Father. Which one of you is Doc? That's me, Grandpa. Red hair. Laura's very fond of red hair. Women are weak, my boy. Weak. I beg you not to take it of each other. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Well, I'll be a two-tailed hyponotherapist. But I say, Jack, the telegram. That girl's more than just a flighty female.
2: Sure, but that was a great act they put on. Kindly old father and his wayward daughter. Doggone if it wasn't. The old guy acting like he was on his last leg. I say, he did look on the trembly side. I felt sorry for him. Sorry, Ma. When I went over him looking for a gun, I felt muscles like steel. That guy could lick his weight in wildcats. But, Jack, why did you let them go? Why not? We got everything we could out of them. We can't be bothered with prisoners. Sure, we know the gang's on our trail. We know what two of them look like. Hey, who you phoning to? Listen, and you'll find out. Hello. Uh, I want to send a wire. Ready? The Viking Insurance Company, 1440 Broadway... New York City. Who is Nick? He tipped off gang in Seattle of our presence. The fight's on. Signed Jack Packard. Thank you. Why didn't you tell him to rush them final instructions so we can get out of here? What's the hurry? If we stick around, we may meet some more of the boys and girls. Yeah, I wonder if they got any more little old she-gals as pretty as Linda Joyce or Laura Cooper, whatever her name is. Mm, good looking, but a little bit on the scratch cat side for me. They can be anything they want to be, just as long as they're pretty. Boy, did you notice how she felt out that dress she was wearing? Doc, listen. Hey, somebody's picking our lock. Get over there by the door, Reggie. Doc, get in the bathroom. Okay, sir. Give me the gun. Okay, cash. <coughs> hey, they, they've got it open. Watch. All right, stick 'em up, you mugs. Hello, boys. Shut the door. What can we do for you? We'll take care of that. Where's the third guy? What third guy? I got this guy covered. Sam, blast that guy by the wall if he makes a move. I say, a bit drastic, don't you think? Shut up, Mac. Look in the bathroom for that other mug. Three tough boys. Shut up. Anybody in the bathroom, Mac? I got him, Jack! Get him! Get
4: him, (laughs) Reggie!
2: Doc, get that gun. Whoopee. Got it, fella. How are you coming, Reggie? Oh, <laughs> there. That does it. Now get to your feet. <laughs> doggone. As pretty as you please. Uh, All right, you. Stand up. Hey, Jack. Now we're gone, what are we going to do with them? Open the window. The window? You mean we're going to throw out? Why not? The lake won't hurt them. Well, doggone. <laughs> hey, what do you think you're doing? Come on. Help me, Doc. You're done, tootin'. Hey, hey, I can't swim. Out he goes! Whoopee!
3: Man, what
2: a dive. Next. Out he goes. Whee! Yeah. Is the man in the bathroom unconscious? Out like a lot. All right, throw him out in the hall. He might drown. Who
1: is it?
3: Hurry, hurry. Let me in quick. What do you want? They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me.
1: The fear that creeps like a cat. Six o'clock in the evening in the Seattle Hotel, somewhere on the edge of Lake Union. Get that door open. Doc,
2: Reggie. Hey, what's the matter? Sprawling on the floor outside our door. I say, is she dead? Where do we get her inside? Give me a hand, Reggie.
5: Righto. Keep an
2: eye on the hall, Doc. Okay. Here we go. Easy with her. She's breathing. Shut the door, Doc. Uh-huh. Nobody in the hall. Yeah, right here on the bed. Hey, will you look what we got this time? Darn she ain't even prettier than the other girl. What is it, Jack? What's the matter with her? She must have fainted. Doesn't seem to be anything else the matter. Well, that's a relief. Looky, son, did you ever see anything prettier than them long eyelashes? I'm more interested in who she is. And why she came screaming to our door, saying they were going to kill her. I'd just like to see anybody try killing her. You know, Jack, all my Texas chivalry... Are Forget g- your Texas chivalry and go get a glass of water. Just the same if I can fight for this little old gal's honor. Will you get me a glass of water? All right, all right. Help me get her out of her coat. Right. Hold her up a bit. Uh, there we are. what you can find in her pockets. Dressed a bit on the expensive side. Yes. Look at that diamond on her finger. Water for baby, Jack. Yeah. I say, Jack, here's a letter addressed to Jeanette Archer. Archer? Here, let me see that. Quite. Hey, look. We're hunting for a guy named Alexander Archer. Of course. Wonder if Curly Locks here has any relation. Jeanette Archer. Do either of you remember the insurance company saying anything about a girl by that name? Heck, I don't remember half them insurance guys told us. Pour some of that water on this towel and bathe her forehead, duck. Now you're talking, son. That's a job I'd really like. I wish those final instructions from the insurance company would get here so we could get out of Seattle. Oh, I don't know. We ain't going to find any gals as pretty as this up yonder in the woods. But couldn't we go without the information? I'm going to chance it if they don't hurry up. She ain't showing no signs of coming around. Give her time. Haven't we got all the important information we need? We know that Alexander Archer had a million-dollar insurance policy. We know that on evidence presented by his estate, he was declared dead by the courts. That the insurance company still thinks he's
5: alive and hiding somewhere up along the Canadian coast.
2: Yeah, and it's our job to bring him back if he is alive. And now we know more than that. I say we do. Well, we know that there's a group of people mighty anxious not to have us go on with this man. (laughs) Ain't it the truth? First that pretty female girl that come in totin' a pistol, and then that old guy... Oh, look here. Huh? What's the matter? That shabby you knocked unconscious in the bathroom, he's still in there. Uh, Hey, that's right. Uh, There's too many things happening. Reggie, go throw him out in the hall. With pleasure. Well, there's one thing, son. We sure are popular... We've been in Seattle about an hour, and here at the hotel about half an hour, and looking at all the visitors we've had. I wish I knew where this girl fits into the picture. Well, if she don't fit in no place, can I have her? <laughs> You've practically got her now. I didn't tell you to hold her head in your lap. Well, Dad Bussets, it's easier to bathe her forward this way. Ah, just dump him out in the hall any place, Jack. Yes, why not? How bad is he hurt? Nah, he's just sleeping off a sock in the kisser. Throw him out. Hey, you know something, Jack? No, what's the matter? There's something kind of indelicate, maybe I ought to mention. Indelicate? Yeah. A real Texas gentleman don't see what he ain't supposed to see. But when we picked up this pretty little old honey out yonder in the hall... Well, what about it? Well, fella, to tell you the truth, if you was to look, not that I think you should, you understand, but if you was to look, I bet your money you'd find a little old stabbing knife strapped to this baby's leg just about her right knee. You're sure? It was an accident. I just couldn't help seeing it. Oh, don't be a hypocrite. Jack, I ain't no hypocrite. You don't say things like that. Where's a knife, huh? The Linda Joyce girl carried a gun and this one a knife. Yeah. Looks like all the cats in the Northwest got claws, don't it? She doesn't show any signs of consciousness yet? Nope. Sleeping like a baby. Jack, Jack, I say, Richard Cooper. What about him? He's coming down the hall. Hey, you mean Grandpa's coming to pay us another visit? I'm not sure. I ducked back in the room the moment I saw him. Want I should frisk him again if he asked to come in here. Yes, just leave the wet cloth on the girl's brow and get over by the door. Ain't much fun a holding an unconscious girl head in your lap anyway. Hmm. I was wondering whether that was romance or your mother instinct, Doc. How would you like a bust in eye? <laughs> Doc, you're behind the door.
1: Reggie, you open it. I'll have him covered.
2: Company's here.
1: Open up, Reggie. Uh,
5: gentlemen. I say, it's Mr. Cooper, Jack. What
1: does he want?
5: Uh, may I come in? He wants to come in, Jack. All right. Please, step in, Mr. Cooper. I'm afraid I'm getting to be an awful bother. (laughs) Hold still, fella. Here, are you behind me again?
2: Looks like it, don't it? Keep your hands up in front of you, Cooper.
5: Am I uh, subjected to this indignity every time I come into this room? It's
2: not a bad idea. No, P ain't can nothing, Jack.
5: What in the world gave you the idea that I might be armed? Everyone else visiting us has been. By the way, as I came down the hall, I noticed something rather unusual. That so? Yes. The body of an unconscious man. Rather out of place in a hotel of this distinction. Did you call the management? No, I never like to get mixed up in unpleasant matters of that nature. Besides, the management is upset enough as it is. Two men dived into the bay from someplace up on this floor. Dived
2: in my grandma? We throwed them in. Is
5: that so? They
2: said they dived
5: in. Well, never mind that. What do you want this time, Cooper? I came for my daughter. I say, your daughter? Yes, she's a little bit eccentric. She has fainting spells.
2: Fella, you're just lousy with eccentric daughters, ain't you? I beg your pardon. That's what I said. First, we grab a gal carrying a gun. In her pocket's a telegram saying her name's Linda Joyce. You come along and say her name's Laura Cooper. Next, we find the girl outside our door in a dead faint after yelling somebody's trying to kill her. And in her pocket's a letter saying her name's Jeanette Archer. And now you say her name's Cooper.
5: That's right, Brenda Cooper. Now, if you'll allow me to carry the child back to her room...
2: Hold it, Cooper.
5: You mean you're not going to let me have her? That's right. But this is outrageous. Maybe. But the child needs medical attention. Besides, I object to leaving my daughter in this room with three strange men. How do you account for the
2: fact she's carrying a letter with the name Jeanette Archer?
5: Easily. Jeanette Archer's a friend of hers. In fact, they're roommates at college. That
1: sounds silly.
5: My good man, are you going to let me take my daughter back to her room? Or will I be obliged to call the police? Say, that's not a bad idea. Now, see here. I don't want trouble with you men. I'll admit my daughters are a bit wild. I'm not holding you responsible.
2: Don't. Move or open your mouth, Cooper. A gun? Yes, a gun. Doc, open the door, Crack. If there's any funny work, Cooper's going to be sorry. Okay, fella. Hey, it's a bellboy. He's got a telegram. Take it and close the door. Sure. Thanks, son. Here you are. Got it? You bet you. Reggie, look up the number of the police department. Get them on the phone.
5: Now, now, don't be
2: hasty. You're the one who suggested it.
5: I had no intention of calling him. In fact, I have every good reason for not calling You ain't kidding that, mister. Yes, my daughter's names have been in the papers before. Nothing serious, you understand. Wild parties. Please save them any further notoriety. Here it is, Jack. Get him on the wire. You, you, you're going to insist on it? That's right. I say, get me main 4-400, please. In that case, I shall withdraw. Suit yourself. I I hope you realize you're breaking an old man's heart. I suppose there's a little old gray-haired mother with a shawl around her shoulders somewhere in the background, too. (sighs) Good evening,
2: gentlemen. (laughs) We sure bluffed him out of that one. Bluffed nothing. What's the matter, Reggie? Haven't you got them yet? Uh, They're on the wire, but they asked me to hold the line a moment. Doc, let me see that telegram. Uh, Oh, yeah. From the insurance company, you think? Probably. Uh, What's it say? It's what we've been waiting for. Oh, right Hold the line a moment. Here they are on the wire, Jack. Let me take it. Hello. Listen. There's an unconscious girl by the name of Jeanette Archer up in room 232 of the Crawford Arms Hotel. Get here quick, or she'll be kidnapped. Never mind who this is. Get here and step on it. Hey, Jack. If we stick around here and get mixed up with the police... We're not going to stick around. Reggie, tear all the sheets off the bed. Right-o. But looky, fella. Doc, will you stop asking questions start tying these sheets together? Okay, fella. But if I'm a flying hip if I know why... Be careful of those knots. They've got to hold our weight. I say we're going out the window. That's just what we're doing. But doggone it, Jack, the lake's down below us. Then we'll get our feet wet. I'll say we will. Clean up to our necks. There, here. Move one of the beds over to the window. Come on, Reggie. Doggone if things ain't getting crazier in a lunatic asylum. You fellas get out of your coats and wrap some extra clothes in them and tie them to your backs. We're going to have to swim for it. But why the heck don't we just walk out of the place? Because you crazy fool, Cooper and his gang would see us. They'd see we didn't have this girl with us, and they'd break in here and grab her. We ain't going to take her with us? You bet we're not. Let the police come and get her. There. That ought to hold our weight. You ready, Reggie? Right. Then out with you while I'm getting ready. We'll meet in those bushes over there beside the lake. See you later. So long. Hey, you know, that water's going to be cold. Never mind that. Watch Reggie. As soon as he drops into the lake, you go down. Dad, it. I know these riches are going to shrink if they get wet. Where do we go from here, son? There. I'm ready. There's a motorboat waiting for us down on the Puget Sound. Reggie's down. Here I go. Hurry up. You bet. Motorboat, huh? Doc, Doc, they're here. Hurry up. Hey, Jack, something's giving way. Look out! Oh, that's beautiful. Now I've got to dive. Well, here goes nothing. (laughs) Oh, wee. Cuss these blame britches. They're choking me to death already.
1: The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat 7 o'clock at night on the waterfront of Puget Sound, somewhere at the foot of Seattle. On evidence presented by the estate of Alexander Archer, the courts have declared him legally dead. But the insurance company believes him alive and have hired the three comrades to find him and bring him back alive.
2: Hey, I suppose you know where we're going, Jack? Well, we must be almost there. We keep walking along the dock until we come to a warehouse saying... Belts Iron Foundry Loading Dock. Well, that's silly. How are we going to see Belts Iron Foundry Loading Dock when it's so dark you can't even see the hand in front of you? That's why I stopped at the drugstore and bought these flashlights. A lot of good they do. We're on our way to the... On our way where? I don't know. The telegram said we'd find a motor launch waiting for us at the dock. Well, if we ever find it... Hey, Dad, blast it! Oh, I went and stepped into something. (laughs) Well, if there's anything for miles around to step in, I'm the fellow that steps in it. (laughs) Oh, take it easy, old boy. Well, blast it all anyway. You don't know where the launch is taking us? Nope. We're going to be run across Puget Sound to some little town, and after that, we're on our own.
5: Sounds a bit indefinite.
2: Well, after all, that's our job. If the insurance company knew where Alexander Archer was, they'd go get him themselves. Well, what makes them think he's up in this part of the country? I don't know. But they must be right, because if we were on the wrong track, we wouldn't be having so much trouble with the gang that doesn't want us to find him. Hey, I hadn't thought of that. Hold it. what's this warehouse say? You tell me. Well, there's, there's something up there. I, I can't read it. Hey, Doc, you're the lightest. Climb up on Reggie's shoulders. Hunch over, Reggie. Come on, Doc think I'm some kind of a squirrel? Hey, hold hold still, Reggie. I say, get your knee out of my neck. I'll hang on to your feet. Now, stand up. Yeah, so when I fall, I'll light on my head. Doc, will you stop horsing around? All right, all right. Can you see? Yeah, uh, just a minute. Yeah, it, it says, Belt Iron Foundry. All right, this is it. Jump down. Yep. What we need in this outfit is a trapeze performer. Well, there's supposed to be a pier right out the front. The launch should be tied out there. I don't see no pier. Well, it's there. Come on. First thing you know, we're going to be up to our armpits in the Pacific Ocean. Not ocean. Puget Sound. Well, it's just as wet. We would have to pick a foggy night. Stop grumbling. Why? That's all I want to know. Just plain why? Because I'm tired of hearing you. That reason enough? Reckon so, son. All you got to do is give me a reason. Hey, ain't them lights ahead? Uh, down close to the water? Quite. This must be it. Watch out for steps going down to the water. Fall down and bust your necks. I hope you do. Well, I probably will. Oh, shut up. Hey,
4: you! Who said that? Here, here. You, uh, Jack Packard? <laughs> That's right. the uh, launch is right down below. Uh, watch the steps. Follow right behind me. there all right into the boat with you
2: can't see a darn thing
4: just step down you're all right there
2: oh yeah here's a place to sit down all right slide over huh oh sure
4: all right Bill turn her over and cast off
2: well fellas we're on our way how much of a trip is it Huh?
4: you uh, talking
2: to me yes How much of a trip have we got ahead of us?
4: Oh, a couple
2: hours. As soon as we get across, we'll find a hotel and get a good night's sleep.
4: Hey! Hey, there! Come back here! You got the wrong boat! You got the wrong boat! Come back! I got the boat you want!
2: Hey, what does he mean? Yeah, what does he mean we got the wrong boat? Crazy old
4: fool. That's a
2: crazy French.
4: Every time any other boat on the sound takes out a load of passengers,
5: he acts like that.
4: Always trying
2: to get a load for his boat. Is that what it is?
5: That's it.
2: You're acting plenty unhappy.
5: Can't stand here talking. Try to go back and
4: take
1: over.
2: Uh, Jack. Yes. You don't suppose we could have taken the wrong boat to you? That's what I was thinking. Hey, you think... And it? I'm also thinking this is a fine time to find out about it. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's do something about it. Sit down, Doc. Uh,
4: But look it, fella. Sit down, will you?
2: you? Let's figure this out. Well, I didn't mind telling you I don't like it. This man in our boat called me Patrick. So he was expecting us, all right. But see here, Jack. We haven't made a move so far that Cooper and his gang haven't known about
4: beforehand. I know
2: that. But how could they have found out about our orders to come to the waterfront? We only got the telegram about ten minutes before we left the hotel. Well, maybe they seen the telegram before it was brought up to us.
1: Or that chap back in New York might have wired them. He certainly warned them about us arriving in Seattle. Could be done all right.
2: Well, then, doggone it! Let's make these hombres turn this boat around. We might try. What you mean, try? There's only two of them and three of us. If they're part of the gang, they're armed. We're not. They could shoot us down before we could move. In the dark? They couldn't hit the side of the barn. What do you think, Reggie? I'm for it. It's all gone right. All right. Here we go. You move and
4: you're dead men. Four
2: of you. Hey, who said that?
4: Give up mine. Just go move.
2: Well, you long-ass sippy cat. Yeah, hey, quiet. What about it, Jack? Are we going to sit here and take that? Looks like it. Well, I'll be a two-horned blue jay. Doc. Huh? Cut it out. You mean we ain't going to do nothing? That's right. Now you're talking sense. Just
4: relax and enjoy the ride.
2: Well, I don't mind telling you, fella. I just plain don't like your face.
4: How do you know? You ain't never seen me.
2: I can tell by the tone of your voice. I don't. You
4: talk too much.
2: I ain't begun to say what I'm a thinking.
4: That's so. Yeah,
2: that's so. And there's something else I just thought of, Jack. What's that? Well, looky, can you see this hombre we're talking to? Nope. Well, neither can I. Can you, Reggie? No, I can't. And I've barely near strained my eyes trying to. Okay. If we can't see him, how the heck's he seeing us? Sure, and if he can't see us, how's he going to shoot us? Why do you gojos make one move? Yeah, what do you think's going to happen? Come on, try it. My trigger figure's just itching. You think he's bluffing, Jack? Your guess is as good as mine. Why don't we chance it? At least we'll get some action for our money. You got an inch in your pants, Doc? Yes, I have, Dad Blame-It. Now, you and Reggie can sit there like a couple of pumpkins.
5: Jack that killed the motor.
4: This is where you mugs get off. How do you like it? Get off?
2: I don't see no land. It's there, though. About a quarter of a mile straight down. You mean you want us
4: to jump overboard? Not until you're dressed for it. Dressed for it? Yes. Yeah. You wouldn't want to get in the cold water if she was dressed for it. Hey, what the heck are you
2: talking about? I ain't a horn to go swimming dress or no dress. Hey, you won't mind it with a
4: sack over your head and a piece of iron bar tied to your feet. Not for long, anyway. Well, I'll be a
2: smelly onion if they're going to tie any on-bar to my feet. All
4: right, Bill, you ready? Yeah, let's jump and get out of here. Where's Jake? He's bringing up the ropes and the huts of iron. How about a little light to work in? No, any passing craft seeing a light drifting out here would get nosy. What's keeping Jake? Hey,
1: Jake. You better
4: go see what's the matter. Well, keep that rod on them fellas. They're mighty tricky. You both' don't hear that? Hey, you punch! Did you hear what I said? Hey, hey, you guys! Joe, Jake, come here. Well, what's the matter, Bill? Come here! I think they've gone over the side. What do you mean over the side? Well, where were you and your gun? What can I do in the dark? I didn't hear a sound. They were sitting right there. Whoopie. <laughs> I'll give you a hand That's what you think Get him,
2: get that man Hey, Jack, man overboard Here's some rope. Did you knock him out, Reggie? I don't know
4: Help, help All right, here it comes, Bill Do it, do it, I can't swim I did throw it Yes, I got it, I got it, pull me in! Help me, Reggie. He it.
2: That's it. I can hear him. He's right alongside. Give me a hand, fella. There you are, you yellow-tailed polecat. I, I can't swim. I don't know why we didn't hold you under instead of pulling you out. Tie him up, Reggie. I'm taking care of this other would-be tough guy. Yeah, I sure landed right on his kisser. Apparently you did. He hasn't moved since. Hey, what about the other fella? The guy they called Jake? He doesn't seem to like our party. Yeah? Ain't seen hiding a hair of him. There, that should hold our friend Bill. All right. <laughs> Let's go see what Jake has to say for himself. You bet you Shuckins, that other fight didn't hardly get my blood circulating.
4: Hey, Jake! Come on out! You might as well give up!
2: Yeah, fella. All's out and free. Here, wait a minute. If we turn on some light, he'll be easier to find. Yeah, if we know where they are. Hey, what's making him big way?
4: Oh, Doc! Reggie! Just Hey! Run down! Look, look out! Look out! Jack? Reggie? Hello.
2: Everybody all right? Yeah. Well, I can't touch bottom if that's what you mean. Ah, I say, what hit us? Big freighter. Ah. Went right on. Didn't even know it. I say, what about Bill and those other two? Well, that's their hard luck. The question is, what about us? Well, if we got a drown, I don't know any prettier place in this here Puget Sound.
1: The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat 7 o'clock at night, somewhere in Puget Sound, off the waterfront of Seattle. Tonight, the three comrades had orders to meet a launch at the Puget Sound dock, which would carry them on the first leg of their expedition. Gangsters kidnapped them in a second launch. Out in the middle of the sound, they were run down by a big freighter. And at the moment, Jack, Doc, and Reggie are swimming around in the dark and fog, trying to keep afloat.
2: Well, there goes my underdrawers. I could be arrested for what I ain't got on. Uh, Save your breath. We're going to need it if we keep afloat. Me and Lady godiva Only she had a horse. Doc, don't you realize this is serious? Two or three miles out here in Stugard Sound, not the faintest idea which way to swim. You know, Jack... I ain't swum naked since I was a tadpole back in Texas. Yeah, you can think of more useless information. Well, why not? Here we are waiting either to get rescued or drowned. Might as well talk and enjoy ourselves. Well, go ahead if you're enjoying it. Well, ain't you? <laughs> Never mind me. I can stick my head underwater when I get bored. Me and my cousin Winnie Mae used to swim in flower sacks when we was kids down in Texas. Flower sacks? Huh? Yeah. What's the matter? Didn't you have any water? Oh, you know what I mean. Instead of store swimming suit. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a pond on her papa's place. Hogs used to wallow in the mud around the edge. Oh, that's a lovely picture. No, we didn't mind them, though. We just waded through them and out into the deep water. It'd come up to our pistol pockets in the deepest place. wonder you didn't catch something. We did. Tadpoles, water snakes, things like that. (laughs) I mean disease, you dope germs. Heck no. Me and Winnie Mae were so tough, germs couldn't stand the sight of us. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, listen.
4: Quick. Yell. Yell your heads off. Help!
0: Help! Help! Get help, help. Hey, help. help! Ahoy!
4: Ahoy there! Did you hear that? Ahoy! Help! Help! I hear you here? keep yelling! I'm coming! He says keep yelling. All right. Take courage.
2: You first, Doc. Help! Over this way! Help! This way!
4: This way!
2: Help! I say he's got the light on us. Where well, go. Looks like we ain't gonna be fish bait after all.
4: You see us? Here we are! I see you all right. The bats, there, right? Don't run them down. Now, cut the engine. Easy. Port there. Belay there. Uh, we'll have you aboard in no time.
2: Hey. You got a woman aboard?
4: <laughs> you get here, one woman.
2: One grand sailor, that girl. Oh, look here. Hey, tell her to hide her head. We're naked as babies.
4: <laughs> Maria, Maria, those eyes, keep them forward. We
5: oui, papa.
2: <laughs> I don't see anything so Dad blame funny. Oh, never mind, uh, I'm aboard. Okay. Yeah. How you doing, Reggie? I'm already in, Jack. Oh, all right, then. Here I come. <clears throat> Huh? That is all, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's all. Hey, what about them other three? What's the use? We haven't heard a word out of any of them. Three more? Yes,
4: yes. Three. We've been in the water half an hour. (laughs) Three, start the engine. Circle round. Use the searchlight.
3: There are three more. We. It is too late. I think,
4: though. Here, uh, you wrap up in these
2: blankets. Blankets? Doggone! Can I use one of them?
4: What happened? What you do out here?
2: Our launch was run down by a big freighter. They didn't even know they hit us.
4: You have lights on? Blow whistle? And freighter hit you? No, we didn't blow any whistle and the lights were out. No whistle, no lights? Oh, mon dieu, that is bad. Why not?
2: Because the three men you're looking for now have us prisoners.
4: Prisoners? Oh, by God. Your name is Jacques Bacard, I bet you my life.
2: Hey, are you the bird that yelled to us just as we pulled away from the dock?
4: Well, that is right. When you go another boat, I do not know what to do. Then I follow you.
2: Well, you certainly did the right thing. If you hadn't come along, we had have been dead Indians in another hour. Hey, Maria.
4: Maria, these are fellas we're supposed to
3: pick up tonight. Hey, Papa, you tell me this?
4: Yeah, these fellas we look for. She's no good. We don't look no more.
3: We don't look for three other men.
4: No, no. They're wicked folks. Let them go to shore best way she can.
3: Then how shall I set the course apart?
4: Wait, wait. I will take the help. Now, you fellas, make yourself comfortable.
2: I will send Maria back. Hey, what's he mean he's going to send Maria back and us with nothing but blankets on? It's the first time in your life you've been afraid of a girl. Well, Dad busted. I ain't presentable. What about you, Reggie? I say, tell her to keep away from me. What's a she-woman doing on this boat anyway? Hello? Hey!
3: You boys look like Indian papoose wrapped in blankets.
2: Hey, would you mind sitting down over yonder by Reggie? You make me nervous. Oh, I say, not over here. Here, sit down.
3: Mm Oui, these are the boys. They are afraid of women?
2: In their present state.
3: I think it's a very good thing we come along when we do.
2: I know it. You're Frenchy's daughter?
3: That is so. He is a fine man, my papa.
2: Well, you seem to think you're a pretty good singer.
3: I am. I go with him on his boat everywhere.
2: Hey, was your papa hired to take us on this trip?
3: Yes. Then you get the wrong boat by mistake.
2: You're telling us.
3: This man with red hair talks
2: funny. Hey, what do you mean I talk funny?
3: I think it's funny.
2: Well, it's good old United States, and don't let anybody tell you it ain't.
3: This nice boy with his blonde hair, he is English, I think. Quite do you mind? Oh, no. When I was in convent, I was very much in love with English boy. Oh, but I am not anymore. I am not in love with anybody anymore.
2: Well, that's all very swell, lady. But will you tell us where we can get some clothes, or are we going to have to go around here with blankets on the rest of our lives?
3: <laughs> no, I don't think you will have to do that. You don't, huh? No. When we reach Fort force, Papa, I will go up to town store and buy you something.
2: Yeah. Well, I wear a size 38 underdrawer. I say, Doc. Well, blame it all I do.
3: (laughs) This Doc makes me want to laugh all the time. (laughs) Now, look out for him.
2: He's a Texas boy, and you know how a Texas boy is about women.
3: Oh, really, and truly?
2: I'm afraid so.
3: But it's a very big place, I
2: think. You bet your sweet life it's a big place.
3: With lots of girls?
2: Yeah, but you have to run them down like you do
3: jackrabbits. Oh, me. I don't run. I don't run away from anything. Oh, there, Maria. We, oui, Papa.
4: This boy, she called. You gave her a drink of brandy, huh? No, I have not. I have forget. What oh, name of Thor. Where are you with? What kind of folks you think we are? Give mm. it to her.
3: Plenty much. We, oui, Papa. I will fix it. Papa is worried. He thinks you must have big spot of brandy. I will get it.
2: Say, hey, you know, I kind of like that gal. No. Well, doggone if I don't. Wouldn't you know I'd be wrapped up in a blanket? Something always happens to me when there's a pretty girl around.
3: There, now. we fix you up pretty quick, I bet you now.
2: Maria, you say your father is taking us up
1: to Port Forest?
3: Oui. Here, oui, Monsieur.
1: Where is this Port Forest?
3: We're on the other side of Bellingham on the coast. We will not get there before dawn, I think. You, Monsieur, do
2: Thanks a heap, sugar. You tell your papa I think you're a swell folk. What kind of country is it?
3: Oh, very wild.
2: Not many folks up there, huh?
3: No, just loggers and lumberjacks. Lumber country? Very much lumber. Very much trees. It is a very rough place, I can tell you those.
2: (laughs) Doggone, I like hearing you talk.
3: (laughs) That's funny. I like to hear you talk, and you like to hear me talk.
2: You know, Maria, me and you ought to hit it off all right. I mean, when I get me a pair of (laughs) britches.
3: You say crazy things, I think.
2: Oh, there, Maria.
3: Yes, Papa?
4: Come up forward. Take the
3: helm. One minute, I come. Hey, you gonna leave us? Oui. Papa (laughs) calls. I go. But I will come back.
2: (laughs) When Papa calls poop, I go. You know, Doc, if it wasn't for women, you'd be a top-notch sidekick. What you talking about? I'm the best doggone sidekick a fella ever had. Look at you. All you've got in your head is Maria. Yeah. Well, what you hombres got in your head? I say, not Maria. Well, that's your hard luck. Hey, look, I just thought of something. Have we got any money? What do you mean, we? Well, I ain't. Every cent I had is in my britches pocket floating somewhere out there. What about you, Reggie? I say, not a cent. Well, ain't that a nice pickle? Well, I guess it was lucky I was carrying our bankroll. I put it in my waterproof tobacco pouch and tied it around my neck. Well, Jack, you're so doggone smart. It's disgusting. Sometimes I just plain don't like you. We'll need that cash. If we're going out in the woods, we'll need supplies. Oh, I know that. Just makes me mad you being a wise guy all the time.
4: Now, what's the matter with these fellas? She she mad? No, no. He's just talking through his hat. What about it, Frenchy?
2: Maria says we won't get to Port Forest before morning.
4: Ah, uh, That girl, Maria, she one smart girl. She knows this country like I do. Well, what happens when we get to Port Forest? You ask me? Yes. I'm asking you. Oh, that is bad. Why bad? Because me, I come back here to ask you the same question. Oh, I see. You
2: had instructions to take us to Port Forest, and that's all? That is right. Then I have to get next information from you. Frenchy, you know what this is all about? Why you're
4: taking us up there? Mm, no, no, I know nothing. How would you like to make a fortune for you and Maria? Money? You talk about money? Lots of money. Oh, you bet you my life. For money, I do anything.
2: That's a bet. You stick to us, and you'll have plenty of money. Boom, boom. Now you're talking, Jack. Man, I can fight my way to Wildcat with that little old Maria looking on.
1: The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat. <laughs> Five o'clock in the morning at the landing dock of the tiny hamlet of Port Forest, somewhere up the coast from Seattle, near the Canadian border. They were forced to shed all their clothes to keep afloat. That's how Frenchy and Maria found them and rescued them, without a stitch between the three of them. Frenchy gave them each a blanket, and now here they are, docked at Port Forest at the break of dawn, shivering in their blankets. <clears throat> Where's
2: Frenchie and that good looking daughter here? Down like a little hole they call the cabin.
1: Well, doggone it, if there's any
2: cabin, we should have it. We're the ones without clothes. Three of us couldn't possibly get in it. Well, two of us could. Look at the hair on my legs. Rose and stiff. Break them off like icicles. Well, anyway, it's getting light enough so we can see where they are. So that's Port Forrest. Where's Port Forest? Well, at least there's a few buildings scattered about up there. Don't look very appetizing to me. Well, don't forget, we're a long way from civilization. Port Forest is the last outpost on the edge of the wilderness.
4: Hey there, Maria. Up on deck with you. Those fellas, she pretty hungry, I bet you. Huh?
2: What's he yelling about? He said he bet we were hungry. Of course we're hungry. Well,
4: will you look what's coming? Hey, food. <laughs> you bet you my life, food. Maria, she won good cook.
3: I think you need something very hot to warm you up, eh?
4: Oh, you never said a truer word, Maria.
3: Then we all gather round. Plenty tea, plenty hot bread, plenty meat.
2: Boy, howdy. Excuse my scanty panties, but I'm hungry.
3: Oui, I'm quite used to you three in these blankets. Papa? So Don't eat so fast. Yeah.
4: Maria. she very shlooty young lady. She goes to convent. Ah, Reggie, did you ever taste anything so good in your
2: life? A bit all right at that. You bet your Sunday britches it's all right. You talk about
3: the the britches?
2: You're darn tootin' we are. I swear to my grandma, I never did know before how much comfort a pair of pants was to a fella.
3: We, when we have finished eating, Papa and I will go to the store and buy you some more.
4: You mean there's a store up yonder? Oh, one fine store. She got everything in the world. Uh, that store, everything. This is Port Forest, isn't it? Sure thing. Sure
2: don't look like much. What's up there?
3: Big will behind low hill. Big general store. Three liquor stores. For the lumberjacks when they come into town on Saturday night. Oh,
4: I see. <laughs> plenty liquor, plenty girls. Plenty fun on Saturday night, you butcher my life. Papa.
3: We do not stay here Saturday night.
4: Oh, by God. What do you mean we do not stay here Saturday night?
3: No. We put out from shore on these boats Saturday night. Ah,
4: that is woman for you.
3: I send you to convent,
4: and now you say I have no fun on Saturday night.
2: (laughs) You know, this is a beautiful little cove, Protected from the ocean.
4: Oh, pretty deep water, too. Big lumber schooners. She come right up to dock here.
1: I say, then Port Forest is simply a mill town.
3: That it is. All the men are at the mill, or in the woods now.
4: Are there any other towns in this vicinity? Not for maybe a hundred miles in any direction.
2: Hey, this place is a hundred miles from any town?
4: And that is not all. By boat. It is only one way to get in here.
2: I say we are isolated. A hundred miles from the nearest town and can only get in here by boat. You wasn't kidding, Jack, when you said we was on the fringe of the wilderness...
3: Papa, we go now, eh?
4: Yeah, Maria. There's still tea in the pot?
3: No. We leave that for these three.
4: Yeah, there's
2: plenty more.
3: No. We go buy you britches. Come, Papa. Ah,
4: uh, what you do with a girl like that? Uh, she thinks she's my boss, maybe, eh? Well,
2: wait a minute. You want some money.
4: Huh? Oh, you got the money?
2: Yes, I managed to save our grub state. How much will it take?
4: For well, three outfits? Uh, fifty dollars. Papa. Well... Uh, for three outfits, fifty dollars.
3: Monsieur, you give me twenty-five dollars, I will bring you to the outfits.
4: Hey,
2: there's a lot of difference.
4: Yeah, you see, that's what I get for sending these girls to convent.
2: <laughs> here you are, Maria.
3: We, oui. we will not be long. Come along with
4: us. Yes, yeah, someday I show you who is boss here, I think.
2: I'll be smelly name if that old boy wasn't gonna charge us double. Oh, we will be all right as long as we have Maria to keep him in line. Doggone. Ain't life wonderful? Full stomach and pretty girl, eh, Doc? Bet you lie. There ain't nothing else a fella could want. I'm
1: beginning to get the lay of the land.
2: If Alexander Archer is in this part of the world, and Port Forest is a hundred miles from the nearest civilization, then he's got to come here for his supplies. Hey, then all we got to do is stick around Port Forest until he comes in to buy something. No. It isn't going to be that easy. Why not? Well, first, he probably buys supplies for six months at a time. And then he probably doesn't come in Port Forest himself. You think he don't? Not if he's really in hiding. Even in this out of the way place, someone might spot him. At least he'd rouse curiosity and people would talk. Then we're just going to have to track him down. Yeah, looks like it. I've got one hunch. It may not turn out that if I can get well enough acquainted with the storekeeper up there to get him to let me look at his books for the past six months. <laughs> Quite. Find all the people who have bought large amounts of groceries during the past year. Might lead to something. Hey, fella. What about the gang that's been trying to stop us? You think we throw them off a trail? Well, that's too much to hope for. What do you mean, too much? Shucks. Me, I hope we ain't. You hope we haven't lost them? Of course I do. The little set-to we had with them in Seattle and Puget Sound last night wasn't even a good beginning. Oh, feeling your oats, huh? Well, all I got to say is, get me a pair of britches I can put on and then let the fireworks start. Jack, I say, someone's coming down the dock. Probably one of the natives. Huh? Well, hey, well anyway, it's a female native. <laughs> Look at Doc's ears prick up. Hope she's worth a looking at. Hope she comes down here where we can get a good look at her. You're just full of hope, aren't you? Oh, God, on clothes that uh, we look like this part of the country. Yep, she's a-coming this way. Hey, Jack, why don't you look? Isn't one girl crazy monkey in this crowd enough? How do you go about meeting a new girl dressed in a blanket? She's dressed in a blanket? No, but I am. Worse luck. Hey, hey, hey. Jack, I can see your face. No. Yes, I can. You know who she is? No. Do you? You're doggone right I do. She's Linda Joyce. What's that? As sure as I'm a-standin' here barefooted, it's that little old female we met back in that Seattle hotel. Mm. Well, there we are. What you mean, there we are? You asked if we were still being trailed by Cooper and his gang. It looks like they got here ahead of us. Man, oh, man, ain't we got fun. If she didn't know it was us before, she recognizes us now. Yeah.
3: Howdy, honey. Well, boys, welcome to Port Forest.
2: Uh, yes, a great place, isn't it?
3: Wonderful country. But aren't you boys a trifle informal?
2: What you mean informal? Ain't this Indian country?
3: So I've heard.
2: Well, ain't you never heard when in Italy do like the Italians do?
3: I see. So you've taken to your blankets.
2: That's right. What you leaning up down that rail for? Why don't you come down and be more sociable?
3: Why not? Oh, wait a minute first, though. You promise not to try and take me prisoner again?
2: Of course not. Will we, Jack? No, no, we're not in the mood.
3: All right. Here I come
2: Look out you don't slip That that plank's full of splinters (laughs) There Sit down Have a cup of tea
3: No thanks Too bad you've always left the hotel in Seattle in such a hurry I was hoping to see more of you
2: No kidding Really? Won't seeing more of us up here at Fort Forest be just as well?
3: Just as well
2: I suppose our old friend Richard Cooper is up here soon Oh,
3: sure he's here
2: Looky, Linda, that old grandpa ain't really your father, is he?
3: Of course not. We did a beautiful father and daughter act, though, didn't we?
2: Yeah, almost had me in tears. Cooper had plenty of gall, though, coming into our room the second time and trying to tell us that Jeanette Archer was another of his daughters.
3: Well, you'll have to give him credit for trying.
2: Well, she's safe from your gang, anyway. The police will take care of her.
3: Is that so?
2: I think so.
4: But I say, Miss Joyce, who is Jeanette Archer? What relation is she to Alexander Archer?
3: You don't know?
2: No, the insurance company said nothing to us about any relative by that name.
3: You want to make a deal?
2: Let's hear what it is first.
3: I'll tell you who Jeanette Archer is if you tell me what became of the three men who took you out into the sound in that other launch last night.
2: You mean... You're admitting that you were in on that deal to try to murder us?
3: All's fair in love and war.
2: That wasn't war. That was murder.
3: Apparently only attempted murder. At least the three of you seem to be in fairly good condition this morning.
2: What you mean, good condition? We ain't got a stitch of clothes to our name. (laughs) Then you admit that Cooper and you and the rest of your gang will go to any limits to get rid of us?
3: We're getting away from the subject. What became of the three men who took you out? They're dead. You murdered them?
2: Don't make me laugh.
3: You won't laugh very long if you killed those men.
2: All right. We've told you what happened to them. Who is Jeanette
1: Archer?
3: She was a plant. Cooper had her put on that feigning act to get you in the room and listen to your conversation while you thought she was unconscious.
1: I say, she was
4: one of the gang? Certainly. Oh, there. Richie for monsieur. Hey,
2: here comes Frenchie and Maria. What's your hurry, Linda.
3: I've stayed too long now. Papa and I buy out the store. Oh, who is this woman? Hello, Frenchie. What do you do on this boat? Little cat. You want me to scratch your eyes out? You get off this boat! Hold everything. I'm going. Get off, get off! I am so mad, I kill you! Hey, Maria! Hold it, honey. That woman is a bad woman. I will not have her on my boat. (laughs) She's a little spitfire, boys. You're welcome to her. The bad name. The witch. The she-thing. Hey, what's the matter with her, Frenchie?
4: What's she got to be so wild about? She say all women in Port Forest is bad women. She do not like bad women very much. I can tell you that. <laughs>
3: it is not funny. She come back. I kill her dead. She bad.
4: You bet she's
2: bad, Maria. Frenchy, watch out for her. And for anybody you see with her.
4: What I do is...
2: Because she's part of the gang worth fighting. She's one of those
1: who tried to have us killed last night.
4: By God, she do that?
1: And Doc, Reggie, she lied about Jeanette Archer. I say, you know that? Certainly. I'm enough of a doctor to know that that girl wasn't shamming. She was really
2: unconscious. Boy, howdy. We really have got a mess of fighting to do, ain't we?